welcome to an episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. I am Triforce Todd. Joining me today is Wario Will. Cook your smile! What the rock is cooking? Ah, it feels so good for this topic to come at this at this moments and yeah i'm sorry it was there i had to take it i'm sorry easiest joke if there is i'm sorry it's like will did i ask you to make a joke is it your job to make a joke is that what you think it doesn't matter what you think know your role and shut your dang mouth before i lay a smack it down on all your candy okay you get the joke okay i know i'm gonna see how long you're going with that i i cut i legit one time I actually cut a, a legit rock promo on my church group and because uh, I was trying to get them to do something. And they were like, dude, how much coffee have you had today? I'm like, none. The Todd needs no coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I do this because I can. Uh, and also here, and thankfully not rock attire, is Skull, or Skull Kid Scott. Hello. I'm just excited because we actually have a pretty good day for today. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, oh! I see. Is that what you're telling me? That every show that we do is not good enough for you, Scott? Is that why you were not here last week, Scott? No. Yeah. <laughs> right, are you telling me that you don't want to be here for the millions and millions? Okay, I wish you had millions. Right. <laughs> don't, don't give us hope, man. Don't, don't give, give us hope. hope. <laughs> Maybe overall viewership of all the podcasts might be I mean, in be spirit, close. in spirit, <laughs> in spirit. Yes. All right, uh, we do have a lot to talk about tonight, so we'll get it all started off with what have you been playing? And I'm going to go first this week because I honestly forgot to talk about something last week that runs into this week, and that's that now that I am done with Xenoblade Chronicles 3, unlike some ungrateful co-host of mine, I am sitting on the biggest bombshell ever, and I can't talk about it because you two have not finished this game. Anyway, uh, the other game that I have been playing is Spider-Man Remastered on the PC, which I can do because I have a good PC now. So great. Um, I've heard so much about this game uh, ever since it came out on PS4. Insomniac Games are the ones who did this title, and dear gosh, it is so good. Um, it's definitely up there with like Arkham Asylum, Arkham City as like one of the greatest uh, superhero video games ever made. They totally nailed the Peter Parker feel. Like, mm-hmm. Just the voice actor perfectly delivers like his flair, the punchlines, but also his scientific side, which some people often forget about. Peter's mm. a genius. Peter yeah, yeah, yes. Yuri Laurento, def- again, he's a very OG veteran voice actor, and like even though he he was basically screened as too old to play Peter Parker, but yeah, I'm just glad they allowed him. So yeah, oh, yeah. Yuri Laurento, quite the veteran. Yeah, he was veteran. great. He was absolutely great. Um, mo- pretty much all the voice cast is good. There was a few times it was a little bit of overacting but i'm not done yet but i'm getting close to the end <laughs> um the visuals are very impressive especially in the remastered version on on pc i'm just again i'm just glad i have a pc that can play because i had my old <laughs> pc no chance in heck um so it's like oh my gosh i can play this game now my only my biggest complaint with the game is actually aunt may i mean oh, looks okay, too okay, young. Okay. i'm joking will gosh dang it. <laughs> what's wrong with you i like i was expecting something but you agreed way too quickly no uh, my biggest complaint is the combat system. Oh, it, uh, I have, if you recall my previous podcasts, uh, I've come off of 
literally a back-to-back-to-back experience with the Arkham games. And the flow in those games, I feel, is better than in Spider-Man. Mainly because they really overload you with all the abilities that Spider-Man can do. And then they set you on, like, 10 to 20 enemies on the regular versus Batman, where most times you're only facing, like, 5 to maybe 10, like, in Arkham City or Asylum or, or Night. And... At times, you're like, okay, I'm out of web shooters, and oh, man, I'm out of web bombs, and okay, what do I have left, and then oh, I, gotta, I gotta do dodging. The keyboard controls, and Keith was ragging me about this last last week, uh, the, the keyboard controls aren't the best because of that. Um, <laughs> like, I, you have a... One of the best parts of the game is that you can get a whole bunch of different kinds of Spider-Man suits, referencing all the various comics and lore that he's had. And some of these suits have special abilities. Well, the one I'm using is the basic suit, because it has a special uh, feature that allows you to charge up a, a finisher meter, basically. And I'm, like, spamming the three buttoning as I'm fighting, trying to activate this power, and it doesn't turn on until, like, once a combo is done, which is feels inconsistent and kind of breaks the flow. And then other times, I'll be, like, spamming... And I'm trying, I'm getting really in the heat of the moment, and my finger will slip from E to R. And R is the camera button. And so it'll turn, like, the camera screen on. I'm like, no, get off the screen. I'm trying to do a fight here. You can't fight while you're, while you're doing the camera. And I was just like, no, like, why would you put that button there? And it gets a little annoying at times. And then there are other sections where you're playing as uh, Miles Morales or uh, Mary Jane. <laughs> and they're just, like, walking sections. And, you know, you're trying to find clues, which is fine. But then he's like, oh, I have to sneak around. Oh, I can't let these guards find me. And, of course, the guards are going to find you. Like, it's so annoying. Like, <laughs> you, you're supposed to do a lure to get them to look one way. And then right as they look that way, you bolt. And then right when you bolt, they turn and look at you. And then they do a cutscene, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I'm going to give this a high score. This is going to be a really I, – I, I will review it for the website. And uh, it'll be getting a good review. But I, I remember so many people saying, like, this is a perfect Spider-Man game. I'm like – is it though? <laughs> is it though? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is definitely the be- the better Spider-Man game alongside like I mean, the last one that pretty much was the standard was a Spider-Man Two on the PS Two, in yeah. my opinion. Which is weird because it was a movie tie-in game, which is like almost. It was weird. The it was the rarest exception. Actually, pretty yes. good for <laughs> Spider-Man. I remember playing that. It was good, but yeah, no, this is easily the best Spider-Man game to me ever made it was just i think part of my problem is that i'm playing on the keyboard not a controller because keith told me that when you play on a controller it's so much better yes and i believe yes, yes, yes. so uh, i also have had some weird glitches and graphical bugs but they have been patching that so i'm not going to hold that against it this time uh, <laughs> but no it's a really fun game if you have not played the spider-man games before get it on pc highly recommend uh be, i'll have my my review probably up on Sunday or Monday, depending on... I'm really close to beating it, and then I'll, I'll review the main story, and then I'll uh, move on. I won't play the DLC until after my review. So, uh, but very positive game. Uh, a very wor- It was a very different kind of game from Xenoblade, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, yes. Close, close, close. <laughs> yes, it is. So so less anime. Like, um, I was like, wait a minute. Like, why isn't this happening? Oh, it's not an anime, Todd. It's a superhero film. So, Okay. <laughs> I mean, we all, as we all know, they only combine superheroes and anime in uh, My Hero Academia and Dragon Ball. Yep, it doesn't <laughs> exist anywhere else. Yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> only Will got it. Moving on. Because uh, you two, especially you, Scott, since you weren't here last week, traitor, um, need to talk. Because you were actually at Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> yes, I was. I was at Dragon Ball yeah. for the podcast. Yeah, and, and I would school him on why this movie was so freaking average. But we just don't have the time. <laughs> so I will settle for you telling me about your recent Xenoblade Chronicles 3 experiences, and then Will can follow you up because I know he's farther than you. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so I did play Xenoblade Chronicles 3 a lot this week. Um, I did a lot of the side quests. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I didn't only have, I didn't really do a lot of the hero quests except for the one for Colony 9, I believe. Right, like it was, the, it was a mandatory hero quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I did the one for Juniper. I did the one for the one kid who has the medic gun. Oh, 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 oh yeah, him, 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 yeah, yeah. And then I did one for the one, was it? Oh, what's his name? The one from your original colony. Zeon? Yeah, Zeon. Yeah, Zeon. I did his just because I really liked his uh, class. So I did get, I guess now, three new classes that I've been working on. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much that's basically what I've been doing as well. Like, I just kind of go back, retrack, and like see which place I can actually go- revisit it. And yeah, yeah, that's what I Yeah, I mean, I was well. waiting. I was hoping I could go get the uh, the colony where Alexandria, like the one character Alexandria was at. But I need to be like level forty-ish and oh, <laughs> like she level is thirty-five. Tough. She I'm just is like, tough. I'll uh, wait maybe till the next chapters. <laughs> yeah, like she was definitely a tough opponent when I fit, like met her. Like, yeah, you got to be at least like maybe two or three more levels on top of her, and yeah, including that, just like the the all the units that's basically surrounding her before you can get to Alexandria is like, yeah, definitely uh, yeah. quite quite the challenge. Yeah, yeah. But when you do all those hero quests, the problem is now um, you have the Agnes and the Keeves having guards surrounding various places. And in some of those places are where the side quests are at. And I don't want to go towards the guards, but they're also <laughs> like 10 levels higher than me. So it's just like, excuse me while I don't do these side quests I want to do because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Unfortunately, like, oh, okay. I can go there. Okay, 20 levels above me. Okay, way above my pay grade. Okay, I'm going to go, <laughs> yeah. turn around. I, I thought I'd try it for like just a place that was like five levels above me and I couldn't really do much about it. I got them close and then I died to the last guy and I was like, well, never mind. <laughs> yeah like don't you really hate that like okay like i'm at the point like even at like when you're like maybe one or two levels below like you're still able to manage a pull off a victory but nope unfortunately there is that one extra reinforcement that just throws everything into a disarray which yeah there are definitely moments that can happen like that so which i definitely don't like but <laughs> or yeah like when they have the giant machines do an aoe attack and like you have everyone try to like leave and then they all get closer because right in one to do spot stuff, and then they all yes. die and it's just like dang it <laughs> Right, right, right. They all went in one spot, and you had to like position it manually if can. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's like the that was like the only big issue with like the combat is you can't really control where like they set when they do their auto moves. They just go closer, go to wherever's the most optimal position for their right, attacks. Right, 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 right. That's how I lost the final boss fight. Like I told, I was mentioning <laughs> last week. I had, you know, I had my team, and I was there, and then. The, my healers clumped together, and then this one <laughs> bullcrap attack just wiped them out, and all of a sudden I'm screwed because I have no one to heal me or resurrect, mm. and like that—that's uh, not fair. Shouldn't you? Be yeah, surprised? that's actually why I've now had my uh, setup instead of having like the like everyone is what's the term equal or balanced. I just have more healers than anything. Right, right, right. That's the optimal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We'll have like three or four healers, and then I'll just have one tank. <laughs> yeah, like even to, like my party subs, like generally I am more or less uh, leveling up all my character classes. And yeah, you definitely want more healers if you're facing off like that le- that high level boss or a legendary enemy. Enemy, in case like yeah, you do need that extra insurance. That one like it's basically a battle of attrition. Who can last longer? So you want to have those healers and at least maybe one or two defenders at least because even with one defender, it's still pretty tough. So yeah, it depends on the defending class. Like there's the I I like the guardian one. 
just because they partially heal themselves as they're fighting, and they also have a decent attack stat. Right, 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 right. Zeon's uh, character class, basically, like, his special is, like, he can absorb attack uh, damage from the yeah. attacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've been trying to have a lot of characters master that one, just because that's a really good class. The Manic Gutter's okay, but it seems like it's very... And it's a very interesting healing class. He's he's a unique one. Like, yeah. if anything else, like I, I actually like I personally kind of liked him in the beginning, just because like one he is one a range shooter. He is just basically pure medic support. So very very good. A very similar to Uni, but like he's more um uh, how to describe it basically m much more focused. If anything else, so yeah, like, like he instead of like Uni's uh mix of support and healing he's basically is full-on healing so yeah that's what i like about him. that is nice the only problem is when you have all these ranged people and they just keep getting closer to the boss than the actual people who are uh melee range mm, yeah 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 that's unfortunately the downside for his class right 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 <laughs> like you don't need to be this close to shoot why are you here <laughs> <laughs> right 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 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, other than... Well, like, where are you specifically in the story, like, chapter-wise, so... Okay. You know. So, I'm at chapter four. I'm at near the start. Well, I'm at this... Well, the start now. I actually got to the part where they're talking about the castle now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And getting there to basically take it down. Okay. So, yeah, you're close to meeting my future wife in a sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You know what, what he means when you meet her, meet him, Scott. You know what he means. He's great. <laughs> so uh, yeah i guess uh, i can jump off from that so yeah i'm actually i am at that point of actually at at the castle i have met Ash ashera and yeah like ashera's um hero quest is definitely the more unique ones and i just again really like how all these different kinds have different uh war, different war cultures like there and of course ashera is basically pure spartan like it is just like all battle all the time just complete your madness so yeah definitely interesting like how these different um colonies and cultures to kind of mix and clash with each other it's kind of very funny but also very enjoyable so yeah i'm at that point and yeah um i'm not sure when you met uh was a little after bit of me and Shara, uh todd but i once I hit the castle, like, did you encounter that level 64 uh, service right by at the door? You saw that uh, legendary oh, yeah, enemy? Yeah, so, yeah I, I thought about attacking them, and I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, no, I'll go around. I'm fine yeah. with going around. Yeah, yeah, so he was just basically standing guard at that front door. It was weird uh, because they had units, like, almost up to that point, and then you're like, maybe I do just take the front door. Then you see them, like, no. <laughs> you know, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I can live without fight. Live to fight another day, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that. That's always the like. Okay. Oh, oh, all these. Okay, it's in my uh, level range. Oh, that's perfect. It's perfect. And then you see a level sixty-four Ellie right there. Like, uh, what? <laughs> and like, okay, that's a big scale up. But um, that's actually kind of who I faced up and actually beat uh, last night. Like, because I'm unfortunately overpowered. I'm Alex. Actually, I was two levels below. I was level 62. And you still gave me such a hard time, but I managed to pull off the victory against it. So, and yeah, that just, again, I cannot um, emphasize more enough that um, the Ouroboros orders, especially when you um, finish up the orders for your, like, special uh, hero, like with Ashera. Like, Ashera definitely is a good ability, but it's just a shame that it's only a one-time use per uh, chain attack. So that's kind of a shame. But that's yeah, Ashera's... Uh, that's why I mm. use the healer guy, uh, uh, 
dang it Tyon, yeah tyon's mentor yeah 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 his mentor he's that he's good because again he's basically an instant 150 which i always enjoyed so yeah but all these different orders and just how those uh chain attacks and orbos orbs is definitely one of the like just so satisfying like when you reach up to that high level damage count especially if you do an overkill which that always is so satisfying but i i i, I, I figured this out eventually but I didn't realize for a while that the overkill is how you got the bonus XP. So what I would do is I would always try and uh, do the chain Whittle attack. down their health? Like, yeah, no, I, I, I would whittle down their health, but then if I could get another chain attack like, right before the end, like right when I knew I would get the overkill, I would do it for like the bosses, the elites, the rares, and all of them so that I could get the extra XP. So instead of like a 200 XP, I get like a thousand. Right, right, right. That's basically what I tried to do. And yeah. that's kind of, I had that same situation with that level 64 legendary. Like, yeah, I was like, I almost killed him, but I managed to, like, that chain text matches uh, fill up right at that moment. So I managed <laughs> to get uh, that extra overkill bonus. So, yeah, that's always so satisfying. So, yeah. Uh, and in story wise, I am making my way through the castle right now. And it just basically cleared out the entire first floor, including fighting those uh, legendaries as well. So I more or less, like, cleared out the floor since I'm so <laughs> overpowered. But, yeah, so that's where I, I'm at right now. So, yeah, overall, just been great right now. Can't wait to see more after the castle. But, of course, naturally, it's... Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, Todd, I think you pretty much have to say... Uh, um, moments before, but you like have those days, like you have the entire day yourself, and you more or less play games the entire day straight, like 10-hour gaming sessions, have you not? Not was it 10, but uh, in like the last two days, I think... Uh, before I did my review, I did six hours straight, two days in a row. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, and then there was another day where oh, what I would what I would usually do when I had the time was I would do some work, and then once I was done, I would you know play the game for two hours because that's how long it would basically get to before the battery gets kind of low. <laughs> charge for two hours, I would play two hours. So I played between like two to six hours a day, and again I beat the game in sixty-two hours, give or take. <laughs> Wow, wow. Yeah, straight, straight through. Again, I did a lot of side quests and hero quests. I know I missed a lot, though. And But yeah, I, I had some good I had some good days where I was just like, I had like no work. I'm like, fine, I am plopping my butt on my bed that I'm pointing to, which I'm pointing <laughs> to it right now. And I'm playing this game, and I had to do that on the last two days so I could get the review done. And uh, it was it was very, very worth it and felt made me feel like a kid again, which is why I'm <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah, so definitely. Yeah, so definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's just like that's how basically how I've been spending my Sundays is like, <laughs> yeah, just like the moment I wake up, okay, I plop down on my couch, I like, like from ten o'clock to ten o'clock, like literally almost a ten to twelve hours gaming session. That's how that how much this game has absorbed me. If I don't have anything else to do that day, it's just that great of absorption of atmosphere and all. So yeah, that that's basically what I've been doing with with the Invade Chronicles three. So. But either way, uh, just to, make, uh, to wrap it up, and so yeah, continuing with the castle, doing legendary heroes, and actually, funny enough, at my at the time of recording, I, I look at my playtime. I'm actually current at I, I believe at 65 hours right now. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how much I have been more or less been grinding, especially um, uh, powering up my um, the Ouroboros as well. So that's what I've been doing as well, partly. Yeah, <laughs> so. I'm only at 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Which just goes to show you once again that I did 62 hours because I basically barreled through with with certain side quests and additions and blah 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 blah. Will's taking the scenic route to get to the end, which is why he's so over leveled and so you know like he's he's basically where I almost am in an hour count, but he's very much behind where I was in the story. So 
hopefully just like, auto battle all the bosses that's basically what i did i mean that <laughs> what i did for the, like the low level unfortunately for legendaries you can't auto battle those like those oh, guys that's right you cannot auto battle legendaries you, you own you have to do it manually for le for legendary uh fights so yeah so that, that's, that's basically what i did to do for for my quick grinding so here and there so again props to that quality life insurance for auto battles so props to them props <laughs> I guess you just have to play the tank and just do one aggro attack and just don't do anything afterwards. <laughs> so. Pretty much, pretty much. Unless the legendary and I just go back to the default, which again, that uh, daze topple combo is definitely a, a good uh, fallback strategy. So yeah, that's always a good strategy. <laughs> but so yeah, that's basically what I've been doing. And yeah, of course, naturally the biggest news is Splatoon 3, which I know a lot of people have managed to log into, which I, hopefully I can do maybe tomorrow at time recording. But yeah, like, hearing the new Splatoon 3 being playable now or just getting into it, designing your um, uh, splash tags, is that's the biggest news right now. But we'll get more into that later. So yeah. that way I can't wait. All right. And with that, we will head to the news because we honestly have a lot to talk about. So it's time to go down the warp pipe. And first, we had a Nintendo Treehouse Live happen today. Uh, we had some of the Nintendo team do some uh, Splatfest stuff as well basically warm-up stuff they showed us some of the maps we'll be dealing with in the Splatfest. we got some tips we got to see some of the story mode mm, 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 and mm, we mm. got to see that just because you're part of the nintendo treehouse doesn't mean you're actually good at nintendo games <laughs> uh, yeah like when i saw that yeah if anyone has saw the treehouse demonstration the fact like they were at, she was at like that person was playing right at the end of it and just suddenly just walked off into yeah, the, into the best like what the how can you she even said, like, this is part where I usually fall off, and then she does. She's like, I predicted the future. No, that's not <laughs> reading it, I guess. So, um, yeah, and then and then the, the Squid Research Laboratory man, he couldn't do one of the levels, and he kept getting, like, very cheap ways of dying because he kept, couldn't hit the targets perfectly. And I'm like, ooh, that's tough. So, again, the, the single-player mode doesn't get a lot of respect for whatever reason but it can be very difficult and that shows you that if even the treehouse people are having difficulty with this at times you need to you need to be mindful also <laughs> i saw so many comments about the motion controls because the camera was so shaky at the beginning ah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> i was like yeah. motion sickness i'm like yeah this is really bad and then they go oh we, you could turn it off i'm like thank god <laughs> oh, yeah you. and <laughs> i think that's probably like a good like that's the big debate in also platoon like the control scheme like do you put on motion control on or off like off. I mean, personally, for me, like in the first game, I actually did enjoy the the motion control, but the second game I turned it off. So I don't know. I'm kind of debating on that, but I digress. But yeah, like going back to what you said earlier before in the treehouse, like when they're showing off the levels, like one it was basically a direct call reference to Octo expansion, especially like that uh inch that um beginning when you're going into the levels, including when you see small fry, which. Yeah, like if if we get if we start at that kind of difficulty at aqua expansion difficulty, then oh boy, I think that maybe even making more challenging than usual, and it's not your usual kid game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, they they showed off some of the lockers that you can do and how you can customize it and everything. And dear gosh, you want to talk about chaos? That guy was just like wrecking his own locker. Uh... <laughs> you see, like the the other hosts were like, "What are you doing? Like, no, don't do that! No, stop it!" It's like, I'm sorry, this isn't your locker. It's my locker now. <laughs> yeah 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 like i i just again one i love the physics and like yeah you just put in your shoes put in your weapons like put anything or just make an entire mess of it and just yeah yeah this is my locker like you live like this yes i do yes i absolutely do um so yeah but 
they honestly just they did more of a tutorial than, than anything and showing you like what the single player mode was going to be like they did again show you some of the splat fest maps giving some tips on uh there's going to be a lot of high grounds mm -mm -mm. Yeah. yeah 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 and as we all know when you have the high ground, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. the high ground. You underestimate my splat weapon. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, pre appreciate like one of the new specials in the roller, which they showed off with the roller. Like in case, like he, the um, the demonstrator said, like if you're pinned down, you actually use that special and basically go full on Spider Man. To, uh, I yeah. think what, what was the special called? I forgot. But uh, yeah, basically going. Like full on Spider Man, just go swinging, swing, sling, and then boom, right, and just basically catch up to any uh, snipers that's pinning you down. Which, yeah, that was definitely pretty nice. That was nice. I, I am officially issuing a challenge to any of our millions of listeners. Uh, I once wanted you to make uh, do the It's Over Anakin meme, but with Splatfest characters. <laughs> Find a way. <laughs> there's always a way there's a life, life finds a way i know it's a different franchise but the, the quote still works here so. <laughs> i have a feeling they're probably gonna do that in the artwork because like it, now the, the the artboards is currently open right now and i'm pretty sure maybe someone out there will be make putting it in go. art form <laughs> if you do make it uh tag me at guardians underscore comic on twitter and i'll be sure to share it around and and, and uh blast your name on the next podcast all right next uh oh yeah oh sorry the other thing they talked about at treehouse live was harvestella what? Moving on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like we were going to watch that. Come on! Harvest Moon for life. Kidding. Uh, next up, we got... I'm going to say this is my favorite story of the week. Masahiro Sakurai. He noted that he had uh, run out of the Smash Brothers Ultimate screenshots that he's been posting on his Twitter. And so he said, hey, I'm going to do something different, maybe. And we're like, oh, okay. You know, maybe we all thought like, what screenshots, or you know, maybe have a different game or whatever. No, he made his own YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. And seriously, the internet blew up on my feed. Like a whole bunch of people who clearly are Nintendo fans were like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm like, yes, it is. So he has made Masahiro Sakurai on creating games, and basically, this is his version of a game dev channel, but in bite-sized format. What he's going to do is in each episode, and there are three episodes, not including the intro video, which you should still watch, uh, he's going to break down certain aspects of game development that he feels is important to talk about, showcase their importance, why they're important, how you get there, and so on and so forth. Like, for example, he talked about uh, the hit stop that you see in Smash Brothers or certain other games. He talked about the creation of Kirby and why that character was able to be brought in and how it actually helped influence a lot of things in the gaming industry in terms of accessibility. Uh, I also learned about why Nintendo games in the first generation were so freaking hard. I, <laughs> I, I, I won't spoil it, but like, it's really, I didn't think of it like that. And that's why I'm so glad for these videos. But yeah, he talked about that and you're, he's going to be talking about all sorts of things. Now, to be clear, he's not going to like fully break down how to make a video game parts of that you're still gonna have to learn on your own or get other people to help you with but he's trying to give you that little extra bit of knowledge to help make your games both fun and creative and really connect with the players so again there's three videos out include not including the intro video which you should go watch uh it's really fun Mas masahiro sakurai is clearly having a lot of fun with this and he's using footage from other games to help prove his points 
and uh, it's really awesome. You guys have watched the videos, right? I have watched yes, it already so if you have, yes. like, 25 minutes to spare, it's not that long to watch all of them. <laughs> exactly, that's the thing. Like, he, he said himself, outside of the intro video, his videos are going to be, like, between two to five minutes, if not uh, maybe a little longer, depending on the topic. So they're yeah. bite-sized, you know, here's what you need to know videos, and I love that. Yeah, they're really good, too. Like, mm-hmm. they're edited extremely well. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like, just hearing that wisdom from Sakura, from Sakura himself, especially with that one video we're going to, like, the usage, the usage of stop moments. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, I never really thought about that. Yeah, I never I, really thought about that either. I really liked how he, like, broke it down, too, and, like, showed the differences between what happens when there is and isn't the stops. <laughs> right, right. Like, the emphasis, like, really, like, focus on, like, the slow mode. Like, because I can easily name one uh, example of a good uh, stop moments, and that would be, like, in Tekken, especially with those slow-mo cuts. It'd be, like, the, the clashes on that. I know Tekken loves their slow-mo motions as well. <laughs> yes, I mean, they course. do. <laughs> and, of course, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Which I, which I never thought about. Then I'm like, yeah, because it does the sound effects, which is why he brought it into Smash Brothers for the ending. I'm like, oh, okay. So. Mm, yeah, just like so much of like the works that f- f- basically throughout game industry, like have these moments like, oh, the stop effect, oh, and for the emphasis of being defeated or of, of a victory is like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, it works. I mean, nothing like in the beginning, like with Gradius, like, oh, I got hit. How the hell did I get hit? And like, oh, you stop moment, then you die. Like, oh, that's how I got hit. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah, the different techniques of that stop particularly that stop motion stop effect is like yeah that's that's a very good effect for future developers out there yeah so i don't know how often he's going to upload but even if he just does like one a week that's great and he's also noted that he's not making trying to make money off of this he even says he's probably not gonna get that many views because of the youtube algorithm which shows he's already very much ahead of everybody else. <laughs> um, just saying but this is this is just so cool because it shows he he's he's note he noted in his introduction video that the reason he's doing this is because he's been asked to teach classes he's been asked to do like GDC talks but he knows that this will only reach a certain amount of people but with YouTube he can just point to it and go you know I talk about this here or I talk about this here and he makes it fun and he, he's paying everyone who's helping him with like video editing and all that and which just shows how how great daddy sakurai is mm-hmm. and uh nintendo is on board with this to an extent <laughs> well, he, he's, he has to use footage from games to kind of emphasize right right right, right, right that right. you know i'm going to try and use older games so that i don't run into like copyright laws which is fair and again further showing that he's ahead of many other people on youtube so go check it out it's again masahiro sakurai on creating games or just look up masahiro sakurai channel i'm sure you can find it um uh, stay tuned because I I can't wait to see what he does next. It's like they said, they're bite size. It, it's really fun. Just go watch it. You won't regret it. Unless you're unless you're a hater. Hater. <laughs> Plus, you really hate Sakurai and Smash Brothers and everything he's ever done in his life. And hate and no, you yes, hate life. You hate life itself. If you can't like this channel, you just hate life. You hear me? All right. Next up is a very interesting one that I wrote. Uh, Sonic Frontiers got a new trailer at Gamescom. And most people are agreeing that this is like the best look at the game we've ever we've had. Like yes. <laughs> because we got more emphasis on the story about what Sonic's going to be going through, the new world, the new world slash frontier he's going to be on, the bad guy that we're going or bad person that we're going to meet, um, and we actually see Sonic running quite a bit. 
Like yes. Not stopping and running, mm -hmm. just freaking running. So I, honestly, this two-minute trailer has done so much more good for this game than the entire month of IGN. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, I've seen so many people say that. It's like they're not wrong. <laughs> they're not wrong. So, but yeah, uh, I like this trailer. I I don't know if I'm gonna get this game. I, I, I was being honest. I don't know if I'm gonna get this game, but I can see the potential in it now. Versus like when I saw the like the clip from IGN or when uh, G4 did their breakdown on X Play. Right, right, right. Like we only been hearing like when I went scans like from like uh, Gerard who said he he played it, and to finally actually see it like much more action based, much more <laughs> yes. what they were trying to go for instead of these vague uh, interpretation, and especially those videos that did not the IGN videos that did not do it justice. Yeah. And no, it did not here. <laughs> In in, uh, in games comments, like, okay, this is Sonic, all right. This <laughs> now is I can see this Sonic. actually releasing this year. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, we do have a release date. It's going to be arrive on November eighth, and then twenty four hours later, none of you are going to be playing against you're all going to be playing God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> right, right, and yeah, just yeah. Unfortunately for me, like from what I'm seeing, like obviously one, you gotta need to. There's no way I feel like this is going to run well on Switch. There's just simply no way. I don't know how they're going to do that. I do wonder how good it will run, but I will say the box art looks really good on the Switch. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah for sure, for sure. I think Try to combine I, all the box arts and see which ones I like the best. I think you're underestimating because, like, there are games that run really well on Switch that have, like, that high graphical quality, like Bayonetta 2. Like, mm -hmm. that has, and that has a lot of enemies coming at you with a whole bunch of particle effects, so... I think it. I think I'm up, it will run better than you think. But then again, I'm not. I'm probably not going to play the game. So what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> also, for those who don't, who don't get the joke about God of War Ragnarok, uh, it's coming on November 9th, and there was actually a report from an insider that said that all the major video game companies were trying to get their, their game away from that release date, so that they didn't have to worry <laughs> about interfering with Ragnarok. And then Sonic goes, "Screw that! I'm going to be the right before it." <laughs> Because uh, I don't care. Then, of course, Pokemon's fine. Pokemon's untouchable. Pokemon's Pokemon. It Pokemon. doesn't matter what's released next to it. It's still going to yeah. outsell everything. Pretty much. So, yeah. Uh, but, again, it's on November 8th. We're probably going to get more insight into it soon. And maybe, maybe, maybe this could be the Sonic game that we've only been asking for for the last 10 years. Hmm. Nah, it's still not going to be Adventure 3. <laughs> yeah. No, it's never going to be Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Sonic Adventure 2 at Battle with Knuckles. <laughs> I mean, I I know what you're thinking, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I know, can we break down the trailer a little more? Sadly, we just don't have any Sonic fans here on Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. If only we knew someone who really liked Sonic. Mm. If, if only. But darn, we do not. Oh, well. <laughs> but I like Pokemon, so let's talk about that. Bye, Sonic. Uh, at the Pokemon World Championships, as I called last Thursday, we got new information on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and uh, here it is. We got a new Pokemon. In, where's the name? I had the name. Cyclozar. Cyclozar. Thank you. I guess I wrote it in the other article. Uh, Cyclozar. And this was the, I guess, the OG cycle Pokemon of the Paldea region. It's been around since ancient times in the region, and it's been... Like, a ride Pokemon and pet for many in that area for countless years. And if anybody noticed, it does look like the legendary Pokemon, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So, connection? <laughs> connection? Maybe. <laughs> so, yeah. 
so yeah definitely uh that's gonna be interesting and i i knew they were gonna reveal a pokemon i knew they were gonna reveal a pokemon i just wasn't sure what it was and i will say the design looks cool i just hope that there is more to it than we saw because i'm want i want to know why it looks like the legendaries because it even has the wheel on its chest now whether it actually runs on its legs or actually uses <laughs> wheels we will have to see so maybe it changes depending on which version <laughs> right maybe? right right or like maybe? i don't know Definitely a new variety of like transfer Pokemon aside from the legendaries. Right, right, right. You never know. Like, I, I could see it. All right. Now, another interesting thing is that it has a move called Shed Tail, which is very lizardy. Mm -hmm. And what it'll do is it'll create a substitute and then it'll do a U turn so that you can bring out another Pokemon and then the substitute will protect that Pokemon. So that's actually a really cool move that I. You could get that way. pretty busted if you oh, use yeah. it right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially if you have. A, you can't. I'm pretty sure you can't control who is going to be the Pokemon that comes out. Not unlike U-Turn, but if you were, oh gosh, that's busted. <laughs> oh yeah, because that's defense and setting up your next attack. So, mm -hmm. all right. Next up, we have a few more items. We have the Mirror Herb. If you have your Pokemon consume this, and if the opponent Pokemon has boosted their stats in any way, you will get those stat boosts for your Pokemon. So, for example, if you're facing an opponent who just did Sword Dance and they raised their attack power, you can give them the Mirror Herb and you will get that same attack boost. So, keeping things on a loaded or on a uh, balanced playing field. There's also Loaded Dice, which if you have a move that does multiple attacks like Fury Cutter, Fury Attack, Arm Thrust, uh, it will basically ensure you hit it more times than you will miss. So, instead of hitting, say, two times out of five, you will hit four times out of five, which does means you're going to do more damage. So pretty cool. And then they, they showed off more of the terrestrializing, and uh, da, da, da. so yeah, the, we we all you all know about that. Oh yeah, the cool thing was that they revealed that the ghost terrestrializing. If you get a ghost type Pokemon, it'll have a statue basically of the mystery ghost from Lavender Town <laughs> in the tower. That you have to use the silph scope on that's the reference of the the statue on the ghost type which is really really cool because that's a classic part of pokemon lore so, <laughs> just saying but yeah very excited about this again i'm very i'm very hyped for scarlet and violet i hope we get more trailers and reveals like this as we go on and clearly they're trying to you know add even more to the game than just hey here's the newest pokemon and here's the newest you know gimmick Let's let's add some more items. Let's add some new moves. Let's let's really try and flesh this out even more. And I'm all for that. I mean, I, it adds more creativity to the play, which I am all for. Yeah, I'm still I'm still eager to find out about those two new story modes. Yes, me too. Because like, <laughs> if they deliver on that, that's going to open up the Pokemon games forever. So we'll have to see. Again, <laughs> November 18th, nine days after God of War. Suck it. <laughs> most people will be done with god of war by then let's be honest I mean, yeah I mean, how long was the first game like it's like 30 hours or something like that okay. so it's it's not too long unless you're trying to go for like completionist route then yeah, you're gonna have like not, the hundreds of hours but we're not gerard so, <laughs> no so, so let's say so nine days so three to four hours a day ish yeah that's something reasonable. like that reasonable so all right next up this okay I, not, I didn't mean to tie this into this, but it actually is a perfect segue. Let's talk about the PS5. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, I know, 
sense. Trust me, this will make sense in a sec. You might recall that a few weeks ago, we noted that uh, Shintaro Furukawa, the head of Nintendo, noted that even with the semiconductor shortage that's still going on in the world and will be going on for the foreseeable future, Nintendo will not be raising the prices of any of their Switch models in anywhere in the world. Sony did not share in that desire for fairness because they announced today that in key parts of the world, mainly Europe and Australia and uh, places not named the United States, ironically enough, um, <laughs> they are raising the prices of the PS5 to account for inflation, according to them. Aha! Yeah, press X to doubt on that. <laughs> Definitely doubt. Yeah. It's like, uh, Roger Ebert, what do you think? Two thumbs down. Thank you, Roger. Um, and then, the, uh, then ironically, like an hour or so after that announcement came out, Microsoft said they weren't going to be doing a price increase on the Xbox Series X or S. Ooh. So once again, Sony <laughs> is being a dick. <laughs> yeah, this is all this is all basically Sony taking their own stance and it's not a good stance. No. Yeah, like did they not learn their lesson from the original PS3, Fat PS3, which was like ha, 600 <laughs> bucks or something like that. And like now, like, oh, we're gonna raise the price up uh, everywhere outside the US market. Like, geez, I can only imagine how our certain um Aussie co-host is gonna be reacting to this, which he will be probably will be saying in the spectator mode podcast. <laughs> but yeah, just this idea, and like one people obviously people are miffed about that, and like, oh, you're ruining everyone else aside from the U.S. It's like, geez, for for inflation, all that. Like, look, like the PS5, while sure it's a very good system in its own right, at the moment right now, in my opinion, there's really nothing else that's really warranting it a purchase aside from like, yeah, uh, Horizon, Spider Man, but also like, yeah, rare, just Ratchet and Clank. Or or um <laughs> or even Demon Souls remaster, True. but that's basically just about it. I mean nothing else. I mean unless they have Persona or something like that, like a really a system seller. I thought like maybe Ragnarok, maybe I don't know. But Rag Ragnarok will be a system seller, you know, if they actually have the systems to sell. Right, <laughs> that's the important distinction. That's the important thing. Right, mm -hmm. for, for me, this just reeks of greed. You know, oh, we're, we're losing profit to inflation or something, and hey, let's raise the prices. Yeah, because that won't tick people off. In a, it's in a, in yeah. A time where money is already scarce and mm. it's. I mean, it really PS5. doesn't help too that the PS5 already was no longer being made for a loss because of the new version because they reduced a lot of the cost of making a PS5. So they're actually making well, they weren't making a profit on it, but they weren't losing any money on it either. So it was just sold at a basically retail price is just how much it was costing to make it. And so now with them raising the price, it means they will start making a profit on it, even with inflation. Yeah. So it's not the it's not the best look. Also, a uh, side story: a lot of, I saw someone bragging on Twitter that um, the PS5 is the best selling console of 2022. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it's the highest grossing console because it costs 100 more than a Nintendo Switch. But in terms of pure units, the Switch has you beat. Shut up. <laughs> yes. And for the record, that's not fanboy bias. That's facts. Look it up. Okay. I even I even when I do my NPD uh, write ups every month, I make sure that I say either units sold or highest selling, just to make sure there's no confusion, because I know there's a distinction. So yes, the PS5, especially now that the price increase, will be higher grossing, but it will not be higher unit selling. Sucking. Nope. <laughs> Which will still probably do that for a while, to be honest. Probably. 
And, and just kind of funny as well because we also this news just came after we're going to uh, Nintendo's like new uh, revamping of the packaging because like I know now like they cut like cutting down the size of the box the packaging system yeah, like I, I half size. That. What? And, and yeah, apparently like that's what as far as clear and the business decision that is very smart because like you yeah. cut down half size of the packaging the boxing and like yeah you can actually fit in more units and now sell more units for nintendo switch oleds and the new models which that is very smart on nintendo currently right now so. yes i mean i don't need a big box i just need the, something that's the size that'll hold it mm-hmm. you know <laughs> you, 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 have, you make sure it can hold it and it, it has padding so that it doesn't you know jostle around as you you know, shake it because you prefer. My God, that's right. You know? <laughs> so you know your priorities, but yeah. Don't I, like having those giant boxes just sitting around. Yeah, I I had uh, can't remember what it was, but I bought something recently, and the box was so big and the item in it was so small. I'm like, why did you need that big of a box? Can't remember what it was, but it was like really really annoying, and I'm like, why is it? So why is it so big for something so small? It made no sense. <laughs> yeah, like the Frito Lay's potato chips bag—they only fill it halfway. Oh my gosh! I was—I had—I got a box of cereal the other day because my mom wasn't gonna eat it, and I opened the box, and then I opened the bag, and the cereal was halfway down the box. Oh, <laughs> half that the happens. bag was empty. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, you're not corporate... potato chips. Stop trying to be. <laughs> Like what? Like what in the ever living fork? So anyway, let's stop the serious talk. Anyway, Sony, you suck. (laughs) Period. So all right, next up, I I was talking about this earlier. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy, um, the new Harry Potter game that is coming out next year, was already confirmed to have a Switch delay in terms of when it was coming out. The the other versions are coming out on February 10th, Uh, according to Amazon. It the Switch version will be March 10th. So it could just be a month later. Could be. We, this is not confirmed. It's just what Amazon has currently. And as we all know, Amazon <laughs> isn't as reliable as it likes to tell you. It really isn't. No. No. So and for all we know, that could be just a placeholder date. It, yeah, it most likely is. But I honestly am not too miffed about it, especially if they do like a good optimization on the Switch. Sure. Like if they can make Hogwarts Legacy look and run really well on the Switch, I don't mind having a month delay. Yeah. And I'm curious about this game because if it plays like we all hope it will and like actually gives us our own like individual Hogwarts adventure, I will probably get it. But then again, currently not a fan of the author. <laughs> That's fair. Luckily, neither is the development team. Oh, but she makes profit off this game. That's true, sadly. She makes money off of this. If it makes millions, she makes millions or something. So, you know, it's it's conflicting because you're like, I want a Harry Potter experience, but I don't want her to profit. So, pawn shops. (laughs) 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 Bootleg it, torrent it. Emulate it. Oh wait, we can't talk about that now, can we, guys? <laughs> or one time, the moment actually games are actually worth something. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, uh, next up, I'll let Will take this one over because he's going to talk about Monster Hunter Rise. Yep, so just this past week, we recently got the new, new sales units for the recent uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak DLC, and it has officially crossed over 4 million units worldwide. And this is going up on top of the, the sales of the basic game of Monster Hunter Rise, uh, Rise, which has now officially sold 11 million units sold worldwide. So overall, if you, if you are one of these million units uh playing the, the the sunbreak dlc by all means like yeah we it's already hit it past way this, this milestone and as usual capcom has provided um a commemorative item pack which you can get claim inside in um, the game for just rewards so yeah from golden eggs and just for a brief uh item back pack and all so yeah it's and this is just coming off right after we just had the recent august release of the the new monsters as well and just literally last night uh we actually just got a new um news of the update we're going to like the new up uh source features of the espinas and we, and th we know that this update will come in at late september if i recall correctly so yeah the late september will begin the next major update in, in the, the in a series of updates down the line to 2023 so overall yeah um i'm just glad that as you know muscle hunter rise is, is just that popular here everywhere and now yeah this just proves it so yeah uh, i'm just glad that this game is continuing to be supported throughout the years so i'm I'm happy i'm a happy camper yeah i was very surprised when i heard that you know four million and i can't i don't know the uh total units of rise right now between Switch 11 million it has crossed 11 million the base game yes in combination because in they combination. also yeah, because like once that they have uh with the deal, there is the combination sale between with the base game and the uh, Sunbreak DLC, they yeah that basically boosted the the main game sales to uh, crossing eleven million units. Yeah, so but let's let's just say, let's just round it up to twelve really quick. That means one third of these people, of these gamers, bought the DLC. That's a great retention rate. That mm -hmm. is a fantastic retention rate. It <laughs> is, it is, and that, and that's not just Switch users. It's, again, Switch and between Switch and PC users, and a lot of people are basically playing on PC. But it's still very good that how it still has a retention rate in the, in Switch users because again, that's the system first everything made for. So I'm just really glad that yeah, it's just doing so well. And again, Capcom. It's is there a bread maker? So yeah, Monster on the Rise and Sunbreak DLC just been great. I know, I know. One of my friends is like he's he literally said to me like I'm I traded my Splatoon three gun to being the Hunter Life right now. So yeah, he is officially addicted to Monster Hunter right now. So yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, congrats on uh, congrats to the Capcom team, and I hope this means we're gonna get more Monster Hunter on Switch because yeah, the PC has done well, but. Switch has done well too. Okay. <laughs> Remember yeah, what right. came first, Capcom. <laughs> so, all right. Next up, we have oh Mario and Rabbids. This was a really cool one. We are gonna get a gold edition of the game, which will include uh, the season pass, which we will have. Of course, we're gonna have a season pass. The key thing here is that in it, they noted. Uh, this is on the official Nintendo page. It goes, including additional story content featuring new heroes, quests, and battles. Now, if you recall, in the uh, Kingdom Battle game, we got an, a whole expansion dedicated to Donkey Kong. And that was pretty cool, including getting a cranky rabbit. Take that many different ways. But anyway. Um, <laughs> and so, and the, the key words here for me is new heroes. 
because that means we are definitely going to get new characters, which is awesome. Uh, will this be the return of Yoshi? We don't know. Could we get another extension from somewhere else in the Mario Kingdom? We don't know. Could Rosalina finally show up? I don't know. I'm just still trying to get over that they made her a sleepy rabbit. I don't get it, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, this is going to be something. And now it will be obviously more expensive because you're buying the season pass alongside the game. I think they said it was like $89. Yeah, it's unfortunately like, yeah. With gold editions from Ubisoft games, it's usually hitting at $90 at most. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the, you can pre order it right now. So just. Do it. <laughs> I, I, I will not be that guy. I will not be that guy. All right, I will not be that guy. But I will say that if you are interested and you really like the DLC for the first game, more than likely you're gonna like the DLC for this one because the team has said multiple times that they're trying to, you know, go bigger, grander, better with this one. So, sure, why not do it? Do it. Yeah, like if it, I mean. Aside from being it being from a Ubisoft game, again the, the team itself, and of course the, the the main the main director is just like he really respects the game ever since sort of first uh, Mario Rabbits and like the the golden thing. Okay, fine. I especially how the industry has been pushing for digital uh, deluxe versions, but again that's a separate topic. But yeah, the. Mario Rabbits, this is definitely one of those uh, third parties you want to support if you want to, if want to go with that extra distance to buy the season pass. But if if the first game, which did very well, it was any um, history, then yeah, ho here's hoping that the second game is just going to continue on that even more. All right. And finally, we have, okay, this is a really weird one. I had to actually ask the guys about this. Um, you, As you likely know, in the gaming world, there are basically three ways to get games. There's the fair way, there's the pirated way, and then there's the emulator way. <laughs> and for both the pirates and the emulators, they at times have a really hard time in not just making the games at times, but getting them onto places where you can actually play them, even if it's on PC or another console. And Nintendo is legendary for not liking emulations or anything that basically takes money away from them. Didn't we just have the story with Sony? Come on, Nintendo. Um, and now, Denovo, who is known for their anti-piracy uh, efforts on PC, is apparently trying to make a Nintendo Switch emulator protection program, which will be used to, on the Switch to ensure that the games cannot be emulated onto PCs quote, with no impact on gaming experience. Scott, would you like to tell them why that's uh, wishful thinking at best? So anyone who's big into PC gaming knows that Denuvo already does this for a lot of various games on PC on, like, Steam. And I will say, they always say that there is no impact on the gameplay, which is a complete and utter lie. There is a huge like divide in the community, especially with those that are, I'd say, who are looking at DeNovo. And a lot of them do not like it because it makes a lot of PCs have to basically brute force their way through games that don't generally require brute forcing. A game that should like be easy to play is a lot harder to play because the DeNovo makes a game super hard to run because they do a lot of, I guess, security checks and it messes up with a lot of the various files, and sometimes it even adds bugs that weren't actually in the game. And so it requires a lot of extra patches that need to be done, too, to make DeNovo already make the game run like it usually did before. 
which is why you'll notice a lot of the times there'll be games like, for instance, Monster Hunter World, for instance, where they will just remove DeNovo as a patch so they can make the, go the game run. Because otherwise, sometimes if there's too much they need to add, DeNovo just makes the game unable to run. So them trying to do that on the Switch could also prove to have the same problems. And the Switch doesn't exactly have the best way to brute force it like some PCs do because PCs have a very wide variety of hardware. Yeah. That sounds bad. And yeah, I'm sure that Nintendo will be up for it because like, hey, this will stop emulators. Mm, yeah, no. but it'll cause some problems <laughs> as they try. It won't stop emulator. It just prolongs till the ROMs become hackable, basically. Right, right, right. It's... <laughs> From all, from emulation to pirating is just like it's just basically a hydra situation. If anything else, it's like whatever industry you are in, you you are gonna expect something like they're gonna go around it, be it legally or not. And this like anti yeah anti emulator policies and all is just dude. You're just gonna like you're just gonna block women and pe they're gonna find a way. They're just gonna find a way. Yeah, they always do. Uh huh. Especially with technology being what it is, like there, there is, it's, it's how I say this correctly. It's not that they can't prevent this from happening to the extent that they want to. It would just take so much effort and hope that they don't find a way around it. And that's what computer people do. Like that's literally the programming is finding a way around the problem. It might take a while, but they'll find a way. So, yeah, the good good luck with that Nintendo. And seriously, just stop. It's not hurting you. Okay, uh, oh, I can emulate, you know, my Legend of Zelda game to the PC. Do you know, like, how many people will actually do that? Like, actually take the emulator to play it on PC? Like, come on. I would, the only emulator game, I'm just being honest here, the only emulator game that I have ever played was Earthbound. Mm -hmm. I wanted to play Earthbound. I had heard so much about it. This was, like, Wii, I think, the Wii days, I think. That makes and, sense. And, uh, yeah, and it yeah. took me so long to fight the right emulator to play the game, and then I started to play it, and then I got bored. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I still remember back in my high school days, like, yeah, actually, uh, one of my classmates, actually in our in our computer class, actually had an emulator for the entire Pokemon, uh, Ruby and Sapphire series, if I recall <laughs> correctly. So, yeah, though, yeah, even, like, old retro games, like Game Boy games, playing on a computer, I think, again, it's just better. Sometimes and perhaps even do even more better than what Nintendo picks. So you know. Yeah, uh, I used to actually in high school emulate uh, the Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories game because I loved uh, how the pixel art looked like blown up because it looks so good. Love it, love Chain of Memories. So like that's one of the big uh, big thing I like about like emulation is just like the way that you can see how things look on like bigger screens without having to pull a bunch of money to get like the GameCube Game Boy adapter basically. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm -hmm. So, uh, I just, uh. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it's not worth the money they're going to try to invest to have DeNovo do this, because it's also going to require some people who don't want to get their game because of DeNovo. That's also an issue with PC players, is they will literally wait for the game to be cracked so they don't have to go around DeNovo, so they can get a non-DeNovo version of the mm -hmm. game to mm -hmm. run. And that's probably going to be the same thing that's going to happen now if yeah. Switch tried to do that. So, I, there are times I just wish Nintendo would just let things slide. You know, I'm just I'm just saying, but 
Uh, yeah, they're just not making it e just just not making it easier. Like, oh, we want to get your games. Oh, we're gonna cut off the, the source that you we can't get it. So what? You're not gonna give it to us? We want to give you money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ahoy, yahar, fine. We go to the seventh season. <laughs> All right, let's move on just so we can uh, you know cleanse our palates. Because, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. At the time of this recording, it's two days away from the Splatfest. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be a day away from the Splatfest because on Saturday is the Splatfest World premiere for Splatoon 3. And it is the first triple threat match in the history of Splat. I'm pretty sure it's true. Yeah, first triple threat match. Just make sure. Uh, it's in Splatoon. No, it's the first triple threat match ever. There is no such thing as a triple threat match before Splatoon. Wrestling does not do this at all. Or, you know, <laughs> other things. Wars have never had a triple threat going on. No. Uh, in Splatoon. And because of that, gentlemen, it's time to settle it in Splat. There are three of us, and now we can each take a side. It's no longer a two-on-one battle. I mean, I know we've had some heated battles in the past, including the all-time classic where uh, me and Will whooped on someone for saying that money was better than love. <laughs> I can't recall the guy's name, but, you know, he's he's out there somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> so, today, so for the world premiere Splatfest, they're doing... <laughs> I think one of the funniest ones ever. They're doing rock versus paper versus scissors. Yeah. Okay yep. then. Let's let's, <laughs> let's let's do that. So, uh, as usual, each of us has taken a side, and we'll just go in order: rock, paper, then scissors. So, Scott is the rock. <laughs> but is he Gosh. an island? <laughs> I can't tell. Can you, you actually smell what I'm cooking? Because I'm not cooking anything yet. Okay, did, did, anybody, did anybody get the island reference? No. Oh, uh, the old movie. Yeah. Oh, it's Simon and Garfunkel. Come on. Oh, I gotcha. I am an island. Never mind. I, I get it. I'm old. Anyway, Scott, what is your argument for rock? Rock is one of the best foundations you can build upon because it also has a good place to have your house and your opinions and everything that's built on a solid foundation of rock will never crumble as long as that rock stays intact. Plus, we also have Shiver. <laughs> <laughs> that's it? Like, that's all you got. Like that's that's all you want to say. I was expecting a bit more there, Scott. I okay, mean, like well, I know fair, that, that. To be fair, well, this is his first settle it and splat with us. <laughs> okay, okay, fair this enough, is fair his enough, fair enough. Settle it and splat. So maybe do a little more, just for sake of argument. Alrighty, fine. There's also varieties of rocks that you can find throughout the world, and every single rock that you find is not necessarily always unique, but it always has some unique properties that can add to a variety of things. I would say that rocks overall are the easiest to find because they are more natural than scissors or paper. You don't need to do anything for a rock to just come into being. Whereas, you know, with paper, you have to actually trim down trees to turn them into the paper. And scissors, you need to turn them into it from metals and alloys and all that fun metalworking, unless you want like plastic scissors, but you don't, shouldn't trust plastic scissors. And I must ask, like, what about in the rules of Rochambeau? I mean, we'll talk about the Splatfest here. Like, what? <laughs> how, why is Rock the perfect option in the game of Rochambeau? Oh, that's what you want from me. 
No, I, I was fine with how you had it. <laughs> I was fine with that. I mean, sure, we could definitely go on the, the visual world aspects of it, but for, for the sake of Splatfest, just the beginning of it, how does it, why is Rock is the perfect option in Rochambeau? Okay, so, I mean, Rocks probably also, there's a lot more area of effects with Rocks. Um, you can be able to climb the rocks with all your ink. <laughs> Can't even see scissors in the Splatoon. There's no scissors a lot around. I think we could find a pair. <laughs> Especially some of the shops. Like, I bet you we could find a pair of scissors in Splatoon. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe. Right, right, right. And of course, with all <laughs> of the Octodix and Inklings out there, you don't think there will be scissors out there. Again, it can get grueling. We literally had a blender. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it would actually be kind of fun if they had just like, I don't know, like a dual Splash Tanas that was turned into scissors. Oh, don't give me ideas. <laughs> I want to see that now. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. If that's it, then I guess we'll go on to paper. The superior <laughs> item. Because I will give you one thing. I will give you one thing. Rock is natural. Rock <laughs> is everywhere. Well, more or less. And paper has to be made but once it's made it's the most versatile of all the materials all right what can you do with paper you could write on it you could type on it you can draw on it you can stack it you can fold it you can hold it you can crumple it and then throw it which is perfect for a splat fest <laughs> um, you could make if you wanted to you can make the biggest piece of paper ever with minimal effort as proven by mythbusters and seven paper folds yes you can fold a piece of paper seven, more than seven times if it's big enough mythbuster um and your your creativity just flows on paper which is why we have to sadly cut down so many trees okay i don't i'm not saying i like it but it's true we if we imagine our world without paper it would be a lot harder to do things all right books are made of paper. Comic books, my what are my livings? Is made <laughs> on paper. And, oh, but you can read books and comics digitally. Shut up. Shut we up. would never have the digital ones without paper. Exactly. But I won't bring that up. <laughs> and, how, and how would we have made computers without computer paper? Hello. Ooh. Yeah. Me. So paper is just so versatile. Clearly. All right. And while I may not be the biggest fan of the the deep cut. Who's the deep cut one that has scissors? Uh, Fry. Uh, uh, scissors. Fry, that's a uh, big man. That's big man. Oh, big, Sorry, big man. Fry. Scissors. Paper. Yeah. Fry got Papers, Freya. Yeah. Fry. Fry. Whatever. Yeah, I don't like her. She just looks weird. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm all about Finn, or uh, the big guy. So. Big man. Big man. Literally big, big man. man. Literally big man. <laughs> so you know, I, I I will take the hit that we don't have the best member of the group supporting paper, but. For real, it's it's awesome. All right, and here's the other thing. There's a reason that in Rochambeau, rock uh, gets beaten by paper, because you can make that pa that rock irrelevant by literally putting the paper around it. You won't even see that it's a rock that's being covered. All right, and yes, it is harder to cover scissors in paper, but if you put enough paper around that thing, <laughs> you ain't gonna move those scissors. And that's the thing about scissors. You have to move them to make them effective. Yes, I know you can stab people with scissors. It's a horror movie thing. Just roll with me on this. But you still have to hold it. All right, with paper, you do much simpler motions and you have a greater range of abilities. And then rock, oh, I could, I could build a house on rock. Yes, 
you can make a house on the rock. And the foolish man builds his house on the sand. That's right. I'll get biblical here, mother. <laughs> <laughs> right. But if, but you can, the rock can still crack. The rock can still break. And then what do you have? You have half a rock. <laughs> Not half of the rock, half of a rock. I don't want to see two, two halves of the rock. That would be weird. But if you rip a paper in half, you can still use the paper. We do it all the time. Oh, I need to make a note. Rip. Okay, write this down. Paper's still usable. You can do like 10 more rips on that thing. All right? You don't You don't always throw away a piece of paper because it's ripped or torn or whatever. You can, but you don't have to. If you bro- break a rock, more than likely, you're going to try and find another rock. All right? And if you break a piece of scissors, you need new scissors. That's just the way it is. Paper has built-in redundancy. That's beauty right there. All right? So if you have enough paper... You can cover the world, all right? And despite what a certain anime girl would tell you, you can't have a big enough pair of scissors to cut the world in half, all right? I hope Will got that reference. I mean, I was going doing that. I Come on. I'm, co- I'm at least that culture. Come I just, on. I'm, I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure it didn't go over your head. Um, so, yeah, paper dominates period and the story. <laughs> All right, while you two have all just been playing with rocks and papers, like, there is one thing that I've learned. I've studied the weight of the blade, and that is the scissors blade, darn it. (laughs) If anything else, like, sure, you can go for the natural route of simply grabbing a rock or going much more manufactured with paper, but there's always something much more refined that is using that of scissor blades. But And go, let me explain. We've gone to our candidates of big men. And while I do like appreciate Shiver, there is a big following with Big Man because one, he's a manta ray, and one, he is literally the big man. And like, who can help can hate a manta ray? Aside from the fact that he did that the manta rays did take one of our favorite hero uh, conversationalist heroes out of the world, but I digress. But if anything else, the B- big man is just one of those guys. Like, you just can't hate but hate him, and he's the newest um, trio member of any uh, music group currently out right now. So yeah, Big Man definitely has a, has his own following right now, just because one, he's co- on the theming color of red, and a lot of people love the red color. And we're going to go into scissors again. There's just in the game of Rochambeau, while it's definitely not the most favorite option, because again, you have to extend two fingers instead of like, oh, with rock, you just gotta put in the face out, or with paper, you just use all fingers. With scissors, you had to use two fingers. So maybe not the, the most elegant ways of things, but it is definitely the only contra- contradiction to to make to meet in this three-way stalemate. Or, uh, what was that uh, term that was called? I don't know. Is it a ah? I don't know. One of those Western terms. I forgot. But yeah, for one, paper uh, scissors is just definitely <laughs> one. Is definitely an option to recounter it off paper, and yes, it may not be stone, but it definitely can be actually can cut stone if not just like wear down if it can be used in the right place. Uh, you've seen enough samurai rules with which samurai blades can cut through stone, right? Come on, you're trying to get a lightsaber scissors is what you're telling me, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, like we're going to so much like you see how many like media what. Like, yes, we have Dwayne The Rock Johnson, literally The Rock being Black Adam and all that, fine. I'll, gi- I'll give all that props. That's why I use it as the <laughs> intro. But, like, have you ever seen an anime that uses scissors as its main focus theme weapon? Have you not seen Kill la Kill? But if I'm the great studio trigger. Like, I if I... just referenced that. 
Yes, yes. And that's what I'm going to that point, Todd. So it is just definitely one one of the more, if not unique options out there. Like, sure, there is that like the great giant scissor blades that just really cuts you open. And of course, definitely, it is definitely the more uh how should I probably describe it? Maybe I won't say lethal or that well. It is lethal if you if it's depending on the type of scissors, but it just can do so much more. I mean, sure, there is the paper cut, but have you have a scissor cut? That is even more <laughs> more lethal of anything else. But that we're, we're going to a different realm that that thought. But wrapping it all up, like the scissors is definitely an, a unique option in the game of Royal Shampoo, and just basically a, a very interesting tool in the world out there. Sure, you can. And of course, like when do you need a blade? Like, sure, we can't, we can't, obviously, we can't bring on like a giant katana blade. I trust me, I tried bringing a katana blade, I almost got in trouble with that. And but a scissors, yeah, that's pretty much is the next best thing. I mean, sure, there's Swiss Army knives, there's all that, but a scissor always seems to be very handy, if anything else. Sure, like, if unless you have the brain capacity to actually use scissors, then yeah, it's just. It is the perfect tool for any kind of occasion, if anything else. Sure, you can have the blade, but it's not, again, we don't have Swiss Army knives. So in, in this game of Rochambeau, I argue that scissors is just the more handy tool and a much more unique option in case you want to go against paper. Sure, not against rock, but it's purely against paper. I didn't want to have to do this, but let's be honest here. Can any of you name a game franchise that's based on your element? No. Can I name one about mine? Paper Mario. <laughs> they made a whole Mario game around the aesthetic of paper. And they have made sure that Mario has so many infinite number of paper powers that they made the game somewhat relevant up until P Sticker Star and then some of the titles after that. So that's that's staying power. Where's where, You don't see Scissors Mario or Rock Mario. Actually, I think you do see Rock Mario 1. <laughs> There is a rock hero, though. There you go. <laughs> so I'm I have a best-selling video game franchise that tells me that rock, or sorry, that that uh, paper is best. So I'm just saying. Oh, I've got a scissor. Oh no, no, no! I have the perfect counter action for oh. your game. I have the perfect counter for that. Like there, and there's only one thing about that. I'm freaking invincible, son. And if you know what that game I'm talking about, you know it's about the memes, the DNA of the soul. If you know about Sundowner, the man who literally has scissor blades, like who says he's even invincible, then you know him. Like he could easily beat Mario of anything else. Like, and of course, like with Metal Gear Rising, he shows that even like a big giant pair of scissors can just 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 so much damage. Have you not seen that intro introduction of Sundowner when he just like? More or less uh, offs those two bodyguards at the beginning. Like, you're so you're Jack from like, yeah, giant scissors is just like, yeah, sure, just it's it's two giant blades. Who, how can you argue against that? We just did, <laughs> just did, okay. Like, you got you got you have to make your pa your scissors so obnoxiously big and over the top that they will feel relevant. We're just like, we have a rock and we hit you with it, which is a Mario game. And I am paper and I can do almost anything in it, which is a Mario game. So we win. Like, that's just how it is. But can it overcome the power of beams, son? Can you overcome the power of the beams? If you make paper thick enough, it can resist anything. <laughs> I'm just saying, you fold it enough times, paper, it won't get cut. 
It can't be. But is it part thin? of the soul? Is paper part of the soul? Eh? Eh? Oh, I know some people whose souls are paper thin. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I can do this. I can do this all day, Will. <laughs> all right, Captain America. Yeah. For the record, I could do a musical, and it wouldn't be as terrible as when we got in Hawkeye. Moving on. I think uh, that was the point, though, in Hawkeye. No, no, they were serious about it. They wanted to go all out on it. That's why they did that. The post credit sequence was just another song. And they go, we have to put more of this in it. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, if you want me to go off a tangent, people in the Marvel Cinematic Universe clearly don't know Captain America. Because they gave the U.S. agent the shield when he clearly wasn't a good man. They made a musical that Steve would never have approved of. And now, there, now there's the whole She-Hulk thing, which I am very conflicted on in terms of what he does in his spare time and uh yeah so they the mcu clearly doesn't know steve rogers as best as they think as well as they think they do and that really makes me mad because i'm like why, why are you embarrassing steve like this okay the psa's he would totally do <laughs> like that's totally a 100 percent. so so you think scissors is better than paper well <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> Got one just for you, Will. Got one just for you. But no, everything else, no. All right. And with that, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Pot Podcast. Tyler. Oh, dang it. So close. So close. So close. You had to say the T word. I had. I did. I almost tried. I tried to stop it, but the word just came out. And he was actually supposed to be here tonight. And he didn't show up. So... One day, one day I will get over this this addiction or whatever you want to call it. Some might say it's verbal abuse, but I'm the host, so why do I care about that? <laughs> so, uh, but yes, do let us know what. Okay, actually, one one thing I do want to cover. We're actually all Team Rock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I literally had this argument with my friend uh, last weekend. Like, yeah, which one's better? The rock is just the most easiest one. It doesn't require as much energy when you're going out in Rochambeau. It's literally just one motion. And of course, it's just foresight. If, if your eyes can catch that, catch that motion of your, of your opponent's hand, like it's easy. Rock is just the easiest option out there. There's no other thing. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're all team rock. So we'll be uh, joining the Splatfest this weekend. And we'll be t uh, telling you our thoughts about it. But also, you tell us what happened with your Splatfest by contacting us on Twitter. Again, look for our handles on the uh, Outer Haven page with the website or with the podcast link. And uh, let us know who you are picking and siding with this weekend. Are you Team Rock, Team Paper, or Team Scissors? And uh, what are you looking forward to with the Splatfest? Because this is going to be something special. Because remember, we're going to get those standard matches and the triple threat matches as the Splatfest goes on. Now, it's, it's only one day, right? Uh, yes, it is. We'll go for 12 hours beginning uh, noontime EST, last I checked. Noontime EST, thank you. Okay, well, if anything else, we'll make a post on Outer Haven when it goes up so you know when to start playing. But uh, yeah, definitely check out the Splatfest this week. The main game doesn't come out until September 9th, so this will be able to tide you over, even if it's only just a little. And then let us know what you thought of the uh, uh, the PS5 price hike. Have you watched the Masahiro Sakurai videos? Definitely go and do that. Uh, were you one of the people who bought the Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak? And are you enjoying it as much as the other 4 million people who have gotten it? And again, are you going to be playing the Splatfest this weekend? Let us know in the comments below. So, for... Almost said Tyler's Tyler. Ooh, I stopped myself. I got myself. Skull Kid Scott and Warrior Will. I am Triforce Tyler. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not out of lives. We made it to the end of the level. So, raise the flag.